Go ahead and grab some scripture. We're going to dive in here. We've got nursery in the back. If you have uh, kids uh, about zero to four years old and you want to use the nursery back there, you're welcome to take advantage of that. But welcome, officially, especially if this is your first time joining us. Uh, Glad you guys are here this morning. Uh, You can follow along with us in the Bible app. If you uh, don't want to use the Bible app, there's a copy of the scriptures around you, a hard copy under the chairs, and so you can uh, utilize that as we dig into the scriptures. Uh, Psalm 100 is where we're going to be, so go ahead and uh, get open to Psalm 100. On this last day of the year... I thought, how great would it be to spend our time talking about our praise and worship of Him, and hence the scripture of Psalm 100. And I thought, may this be a bridge, so to speak, from one year to the next as we consider our praise and worship of Him. One year ending and another beginning in just a few hours. I don't recall ever preaching Psalm 100 on this last Sunday of the year and just really enjoyed studying it and working through it this week and pray our time in Psalm 100 is fruitful for you as well. Um, We're not really sure who wrote this psalm, but it's one of the earlier psalms and was likely used in the daily worship in the temple. And we don't have time in today's schedule. Our services are usually a little shorter after pancake breakfast Uh, to really dive in really deep, but we'll hit some highlights, uh, certainly, in Psalm 100 that I believe are highly impactful and applicable for right where we are today. And so verse 1, we're just going to take this verse by verse. It's only five verses. And so verse 1, if you'll follow along with me, says, make a what? Yeah, make a joyful noise to the Lord All the earth. And that's verse one. And this serves as somewhat of a thesis for, or the main point the psalmist wants to introduce make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. And this will frame out the other four verses. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Interesting here that this is in the form of an imperative, a, a command, in other words, meaning it's not meant to be an option. The psalmist did not say, hey, if, if you feel like it this morning, hey, if you're in the right mood, hey, if, if your life is going well right now, then make a joyful noise. It's not that. It's in the form of a, an imperative, a command. Make noise, so to speak. And singing and music is implied there. And if we consider the whole of the scriptures, singing is mentioned 400 times in the scriptures, which is a lot. And 50 of those are commands to sing. And it's safe to say God is serious about our singing. Zephaniah chapter 3 even says that God himself sings loudly over his children. And you've heard that before. Maybe that's not a new verse to you. But I wonder if you've ever considered what God's singing sounds like. I mean, how incredible if we could hear God singing loudly over us. And when we think about the fact that He will usher us into his kingdom one day when he comes back, or if we're believers when we we die, that, that will be a sound we will hear one day, surely, of God singing over us. That's a really cool thought. And this notion of noise, the word noise typically has negative connotations for our culture, 
right? Uh, if, if we're talking about noise, that is typically used in the negative sense of, what's that noise? Right, that's the way we would say it, right? We're not typically talking about a good sound when we hear the word noise. Turn off that noise, or I hate that noise. And maybe you even consider your own singing to be noise in the negative sense, right? Some of you consider your own voice to be noise in the negative sense. And we need to clarify here. It doesn't say make a beautiful noise. It doesn't ever mention the quality of the noise that we make with our voices. It doesn't ever mention quality. When it comes to singing, our culture generally thinks that if you don't have a pending record deal, you shouldn't sing where anyone else can hear, right? And I have been there before where you, you're in a gathering where you're supposed to be singing and you don't want to look like the one that's not singing. And so you just kind of move your mouth and follow along in the lyrics and maybe even act really impassioned about it, right? But there's nothing coming out of your mouth. Your mouth's just moving because you're self-conscious about your voice. And I think part of that, like just part of it, is the culture that we've been in the last few years with American Idol and with The Voice, where you have people that come on the show and they sing, and then people like Simon say really rude things, right? Or even from the old days of American Idol, if you remember Randy, when they, people would sing and Randy would notoriously say, uh, yeah, that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> right? It's a no for me. And in that, I think that has influenced even how we sing in our gatherings. Because we don't want to look back behind us and have someone next to us. We're singing full bore and have someone next to us go. Take it down. So we're nervous about our voices and how we sound in our culture, I believe, at least to a certain extent. And so keep that in mind as we keep talking about this command to sing. It doesn't matter what kind of voice you have. You're commanded to do it. Well, specifically, what kind of noise or singing or music is the psalmist talking about? What we just read. It says, make a what kind of noise? Joyful. A joyful noise. That's what it says. Make a joyful noise. We're talking about sounds that come from us that are motivated by joy. And if you missed it in the past, we've said this. We've said joy doesn't depend on our happenings like happiness does. See, happiness depends on our happenings, what's happening in our lives or our circumstance. Joy is different. Joy is far above happiness and is not contingent on our happenings. And so we're to make a joyful noise. When we sing, it's noise motivated by joy in our lives regardless of what our happenings are, what our circumstances are. Our singing and our music should come from a place of joy is what the psalmist says. Now, who's this noise, this singing, this music directed to? What does it say? Make a joyful noise to? To the Lord. Yeah, to the Lord. And finally, from the end of verse 1, who is commanded to make a joyful noise to the Lord? What does it say? All the earth. Raise your hand if you're on the earth right now. Thank you. So does this verse include you? Oh, good, good, there we go. 
Yes, we are all the earth. Psalm 150 even says, let everything that has what? Breath, praise the Lord, right? Raise your hand if you have breath this morning. No breath back there? No? Yeah, okay, good, yeah. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And so hear this, several excuses we use for not singing have already been addressed right just in our short time this morning. Well, I don't really like singing. It doesn't matter, it's a command, right? Well, it's not really my thing. doesn't matter, it's a command. Well, I'm not good at it. It just says a noise. There's no Randy sitting behind you waiting to say that's a no for me, dog. There's, no, there's none of that going on. Well, I'm afraid of what others will think when they hear my voice. Who, who are we singing to? Oh, the Lord. That's what it said, right? Make a joyful noise to the Lord. And so when we think about even some of our excuses that we lift up, they, they're addressed right here in verse 1 even. Well, singing just isn't my thing. Again, are you breathing? Are you alive on this earth? Well, then singing is meant for you. You make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Let's continue. We'll go a little quicker from here. Verse 2. Let's read verse 2 together. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his what? Presence. Come into his presence with what? Singing. Singing. See, there's a connection being made by the psalmist here between his presence and singing. And if singing isn't a normal part of your life, then you might need to question your connection with or your awareness of his presence. Ever thought about that before? The connection between our singing and his presence. The psalmist is making a connection there. And so if you're like, well, I'm not sure if singing is really a normal part of my life. Well, then maybe you understand there may be a connection going on there between your connection with him or your awareness of his presence. Verse 3, let's continue. What's the first word in verse 3? No, that's going to be important. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So what's another crucial element of making a joyful noise to the Lord? Knowing him. Know the Lord. Know that the Lord, he is God. See, you may not have thought of this before, but singing to him integrates both the heart and the head. It integrates both the heart and the head. And, and in our culture, we kind of see singing as an art. And those that sing maybe have more of an emotional connection. Maybe not. But, but we typically see that as in like an art. And if, and if some of us are uh, more on the kind of right brain side and we're a little more heavy on the brain than the heart, there can sometimes be a disconnect of, of singing and what that means and what it's supposed to represent. But we have both present here in Psalm 100, the head and the heart. We have joy and gladness and singing, and we also have knowledge and intellectualism represented no that he is God. And this is why we don't just sing any and all songs here in our gathering. They're thought out and chosen. See, we want our songs that we sing to be an accurate representation of the truth of who he is and what he's done. There are lots of songs out there that are sung in churches 
and regardless of what kind of melody they have, not all of them have good theology. Gordon Fee says it like this, show me a church's songs and I'll show you their theology. In short, we don't check our brains at the door during our worship through music. Our praise of him is meant to engage our hearts and our heads and our brains and our minds. And so what is it specifically that we know about him that we just read there in verse 3? What is it that we know? Well, we know that he created us. That's what we know. We know that he owns us. That's what it says. We are his. Um, it is he who made us. That's he, he, he has the creator. And we are his. We belong to him. He owns us. And if you're uncomfortable with that thought, that he owns you, that may be maybe a return to truth. Say, why am I uncomfortable with the idea of him owning me? It's a good question to ponder and maybe take home. And we, what else do we know? He shepherds us and he sustains us. I love this. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He shepherds us. He sustains us. That's what we know. That's how our brains are engaged in worship and praise. Verse 4, let's continue. It says, what's the first word there? Enter. We'll come back to that. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. See, the, I, I've missed this other times when I've read this, the importance of that first word, enter. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. See, it's a deliberate choice to praise him. It's a deliberate choice to worship him in song. It's a doorway we should never neglect entering into. And I was like, well, that's a, that's a good visual for that. And, and I think, um, I don't know if uh, in your house growing up, how big or small it was, but sometimes, uh, and maybe in your current house, maybe you have rooms that you don't want to go into or rooms that you avoid. Like what kind of rooms? Basement is what I thought of. Or like the attic. Especially when you're kids, like the scary part of the house. I thought we watched Home Alone over the holidays. And you know how Kevin doesn't like to go in the basement in the first part of the movie because of the furnace. It's a scary room. He avoids going in that room. And I just thought of it when we, when we think of worship in the form of praise and singing, that it's a doorway we have to deliberately enter into. I just thought of, I wonder if some of us, if, if worship is a room that we avoid. Specifically, thinking of singing, right? If it's a room that we deliberately avoid instead of entering into. Let's keep going for the sake of time. Verse 5. This is where we'll bring it home here and really where the psalmist wrap things up. Verse 5. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And His faithfulness to all generations. What we're getting here at the end of this short psalm is the why to making a joyful noise. It's the why to making a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise because the Lord is good. His love lasts. His Faithfulness lasts. He is faithful. 
I don't want to read that again because that may be the heart of why the Lord has you here this morning. Make a joyful noise because the Lord is good. His love lasts and He is faithful. And I think in life, maybe in the course of this week or in this season of life, you may be in a place where making a joyful noise is the last thing on your brain because you're not sure of His goodness in your life. Maybe you're not sure that His love lasts. Maybe you're not sure you can lean on His love. Maybe you're not sure of His faithfulness. And so at, at that point, making a joyful noise, is, again, is not even on your brain. So maybe as we return to the truth here that the Lord is good, that His love lasts, and that He is faithful, maybe returning to those truths, and I think that's why the psalmist included it right here at the end of this psalm, is to remind us the, the very foundation for why we make a joyful noise, the why, because He's good, regardless of circumstance. Because his love lasts, regardless of how we feel. Because he's faithful to us, even when we can't see it, and even when we are unfaithful to him. See, right here at the end, we find the real motivation for singing and worship, the real motivation for why we praise him, for why we worship him in song. We praise him because he is good. And if we're honest, we know we're not good. We talk about that regularly here. We know that we're not good. We break his law, his standard daily. For some of us, not only are we not good, but it's hard to find much goodness in our lives or our situation right now even. His goodness reveals our lack of goodness at a soul level and in, even in our circumstances. We lean on his goodness, right? We praise him because his love lasts in a world of death and decay where we lose people we love, where earthly relationships have expiration dates, and we talk about that regular. Holidays can be hard because people that were in our lives in the past aren't anymore. We rely on His love that lasts, that endures. In a performance-driven world, you do well enough, you get the carrot. Our God is not like that. His love lasts forever. And it's not contingent on what we do or don't do, but on what he already did on the cross, right? And lastly, we praise him because he's faithful. He's good, his love lasts, and he's faithful. In every generation there exists those he's called unto salvation, his children, his sons, his daughters. He's faithful even when we're not. He is good, his love lasts, and he is faithful. Therefore, we make a joyful noise. Therefore, we worship him. We sing to him. Not because he needs it, but because it does something in us. It does something to us. We don't praise him so he'll love us. He loves us so we praise him, right? This is the gospel. Through Jesus on the cross, God rescued you. And through Jesus' resurrection, he's given you life now and for eternity, and that's worth singing about. We're going to sing, uh, we're going to end here. It's kind of like when we study prayer, when we talk about prayer here in our, in our gatherings. Uh, it would be weird if we didn't spend some time actively practicing prayer. Uh, it would be weird in this moment 
as well if we talked about worship through song and praising and making a joyful noise and then went, okay, amen, let's pray and leave. We're going to close with song, right? We're going to close in worship and praise of him. We're going to sing things like all hail King Jesus, Lord of heaven and earth, all praise to him. We're going to sing of his goodness, right? And when I think about uh, just processing through some songs with Andrew and what the Lord would have us, the, maybe the last song we sing in, in corporately uh, of the year to sing of his goodness is really rich and deep because it goes beyond our circumstance. It goes beyond the sin that we have in our own lives. It goes beyond our struggle and our sin. We're reflecting on his goodness and how his goodness chases after us regardless of what we're walking through currently. So I'm going to pray. Um, Andrew and Brooklyn and Trek are going to come back up and lead us in song. Let's go to him in prayer. Lord, I pray by your spirit that you would help us understand as a church what it means to make a joyful noise unto you. Corporately like this, all together, but even in our even in our own walks with you, in the car by ourselves. And I pray those of us that especially struggle with singing and its purpose and whether we have a good voice or we don't have a good voice, Lord, I pray that you've opened our eyes to some new truth this morning through your word. Lord, I pray that we would be a church corporately who makes a joyful noise unto you. Not because we need to earn something with you, not because you'll be happier with us if we sing louder, but we reflect on your goodness, God, and you showering your goodness upon us through your son, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for your death on the cross, your sacrifice, the fact that you came out of the grave and that we can corporately, corporately say, all hail King Jesus. To you be worship and glory and honor above all others. Lord, we thank you for our time in the word this morning. Lord, by your spirit, would you empower us to step into obedience? Lord, where you so perfectly obeyed, Lord, may that be in our lives by your spirit. God, we thank you that you, in this moment, are singing loudly over us as your children. I pray that by your spirit, we join with your voice, singing truth and worship to you, making a joyful noise to you, Lord, because we're a part of the earth. You created us. You own us. You shepherd us. You sustain us. You are good. Your love lasts, and you are faithful. We pray these things in your name alone. Amen. Let's stand together and raise our voices to him.